you're listening to i mean can we discuss and i am your host astrid ferguson we will be discussing different issues that can be debated articulated chopped up any kind of way there's no real set way to this it could be culturally it could be socially it could just be how we're feeling today so You're here for the randomness, and I hope you're here to stay. So remember to subscribe, share, and tell me what you think. Hey, 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 welcome to episode 21 of I Mean, Can We Discuss? And I am your host, Asher Ferguson. So today, you guys, it's just me, no interview. an unscripted version and today we are going to talk about my book yay the serpent's rattle so the serpent's rattle if you guys are just tuning in or you haven't heard about it before it's a poetic memoir about immigration barriers uh, domestic violence child abuse rape and the overcoming of all of that there is a trigger warning on this book so please 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 read carefully and be aware of some graphic poetry and raw poetry in here but in the within the book i actually added some statistics and this is just based on what has been reported so anywhere between 10 to 12 million people a year are physically abused by an intimate partner let me repeat that again Anywhere between 10 to 12 million people a year are physically abused by an intimate partner. More than 20,000 calls are placed a day to domestic violence hotlines. 20% of women in the United States have been raped. More than one in three women, or if you like numbers, 35.6%, More than one in four men, 28.5% in the United States alone, have experienced rape, physical violence, and or stalking by an intimate partner in their lifetime. 30 to 60% of perpetrators of intimate partner violence also abuse children in the household. These are all facts based upon statistics from the nation's leading grassroots voice in domestic violence and the National Domestic Violence Hotline Statistics. Again, these are just statistics that they have gathered on reported cases. So imagine how widely spread these statistics would be if they were to include all of those cases that haven't been reported. So this is a a very serious um, topic that kind of gets glossed over all the time and swept under the rug as if it never happens. And usually it doesn't become something significant or of importance until it happens to somebody you know or happens to you directly because chances are you probably know somebody who this has happened to. I mean, that's a lot of people. So when I first constructed this book, I want to make sure that I painted the whole picture of how sometimes the things that we go through in life um, 
it kind of makes us feel like we have to put up with it. So that's why I created the metaphor of the serpent, because the serpent can't take can take shape of anyone. It could it can be um, that person that keeps you down all the time while you're at while you're at work. You know that boss that you that always tends to talk down to you. Or it could be your neighbor, or it could be a partner, or it could be a friend, or it could be some some stalking, you know, stranger that you don't know of, and all of a sudden they make your life a living hell. Like, a serpent could be anyone. And that was the metaphor that I chose, because I didn't want to use names or direct experiences uh, so I created the character, especially because it was very hard for me to write. So in the first chapter, I tend to talk very heavily about immigration barriers and how that affected, you know, my my mother's perspective of what was a good guy, I guess, because of everything that she was dealing with. So... This is how it begins. Oja en blanco. When the threading of these pages began, I would stare at the cursor, asking it to say everything I couldn't. I was perplexed to tell another cliche, since telling the truth has become more of a cliche instead of a healing needle used to close open wounds. These pages are for all those locked diaries that burn tucked away under my pillow. These pages are for all the misspelled words and proper grammar and bad attempted poetry formed from all the tears my bed absorbed. These pages are for the little girl who never asked to live in constant chaos. These pages are for all the whispers the universe never heard. These pages are for you sitting there wondering if the sun is real. These pages are for us who have lived with serpents, who felt left behind in prayer like a lost letter that never made it to Santa Claus. These pages hold every word the serpent hissed in venom for me to hold secret until my dying day. These pages are for the memories of who I once was, like a ghost from the future who has traveled in the past in journals of ink. I told you we would make it. And that is how I lead you in to the beginning of the story. The first chapter is called Camouflage. I'm not going to read it all, but I will read you some of my favorites. And if you still like it, the first page is still up for free on my website. So feel free to download that by going to www.astridferguson.com. That is A-S-T-R-I-D-F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N.com. Serpents use tactics like blending in with their surrounding to appear invisible to the naked eye, a tactic often used for hunting prey, and this is exactly how this story begins. The serpent appears like anyone else. They wear t-shirts, jeans, drive cars, work, and smile as they wave a friendly hello. 
They seem nice, trustworthy, and conveniently appear in your life during moments of trauma, loneliness, and severe longing for affection. They create a character portraying the person you've been hoping for. They use white and blue brush strokes to paint themselves, appearing more humane and persuasive while you grant them entry. Meanwhile, they keep their tails, fangs, and their rattle of warning signals hidden, hypnotizing you into believing they're eagles with wings that can carry you into a safe haven of peace. You see, all the stories begin the same. At least that was the tale I was told about the man in my house. The tale that always began with him helping during troublesome times. Oh, how serpents encompass that what you lack during rock bottom, a way out. They appear to be guiding you into the light. They feed you lies disguised as truths, saying how they love you and how they make everything better. Slowly, they disarm you. They convince your mind they are family. They convince your hands they are gentle and real. They convince your skin they are soft and tender. They convince your longing to halt. The air begins to feel lighter, telling your lungs to work less. Inhale. You can sleep once again. This is how the serpent convinces you that it cares, something you secretly haven't found within yourself to care about loving yourself a little more than its reptile deceit. So that was the first poem within here. And I will do one more which is the poem that everyone loves and I will probably be reading at the Dominicans Writers Conference, which is May 4th on a Saturday. And it goes like this. I like my hoops big. My ears wear them like proud signs, Latina. I like to wear bracelets by the pack. My wrist prefers them over the woven baskets, which my mother and her mother and her mother and generations of mothers carried before me. A mí me gusta mi arroz mojado, con habichuela y aguacate, con la ensalada en el mismo plato. Yo cocino con salsa de tomate. Aquí se come hasta las patas de gallina. I like to wear long skirts with tropical colors so you can tell I'm foreign and remember the women who worked the fields. I like to wrap my hair in red, white, and blue so you can understand my flags weren't worthy to carry star-spangled banners. I like to gloss my full lips, for I'm like the limoncillos that sweat in the sun. First, you must bite into me, lamber mi semilla si quieres endulzar tu lengua. I like to wear my hair in curves. I pick its authenticity to increase the volume of Creole that broke French bondage. I learn to speak the English tongue so I can tell my people immigration is a design to keep the lie expanding, a lie that what was stolen must be kept by denying us passage. I'd like to invite my friends to sit at our table. Let us discuss the wine we toast made out of the blood and tears of ourselves we call chocolate. This 
his Afro-Latina fashion. And that is also my good friend, uh, poet Nia Mora, favorite, favorite, all-time favorite poem that she always asked me to perform. So, of course, I've put it as my go-to poem. (laughs) Now, in constructing the book, I will say this one was hard, even though it took me six months to construct. Um... It took me a while I with the threading and coming up with exactly what I wanted it to have. Originally, I was going to call it the rattlesnake in my room, but I thought that was too elementary. And then going through the Bible and reading this um, book, which is... Uh, it's by Jordan Peterson. It's... 12 Rules of Chaos or something along those lines. I can't remember the exact book. But um, there was a symbol on there. The Tatus, Toitus symbol. And then I went to the Bible and, of course, it was the tale of the serpent. And that's where I was like, that's it. That's the title of my book the serpent's rattle. So that's how I came up with it. And then the threading of the book, I was frustrated with the threading of the book. Uh, I use Word and then I convert it to PDF. And it is very different the way that you do it in Ingram Spark. I used Ingram Spark this time around instead of Amazon and some of my poems on here like this poem the Afro-Latina fashion what follows after that was supposed to be in the next page but it didn't do that and that's not the way it looks on my PDF and then I just got so frustrated and tired of fixing and fixing and fixing and it didn't do it so I was like you know what I'm not going to delay the publishing of my book just for that So I have made it a goal to teach myself how to write all of this in InDesign because it is too frustrating to do it in Word. The cover I created myself in InDesign and I actually like it better because my first book I created using Photoshop and that was a task. So this time around... um. I can say I got better at the cover, which took me longer the first time, but I wasn't completely sold on the, on the style on the inside, even though it it came out better than my first one. My first one, um, I think I would have liked if the font would have been bigger, if I would have played a little bit more with the style of it, but Hey, you live and you learn, right? As you go along. Maybe I can make so much money from my books that I can just hire somebody to do this. Which you can, by the way, if you have it. You can hire someone from Fiverr, a freelancer or something that you don't have to pay millions of bucks. But that's what I wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, I am learning how to do this in Audible. So hopefully, hopefully. I won't let you guys down and I can actually 
put this out there as an audible book. (laughs) That is the next step. So as authors, especially as self-published authors, it's always about pushing yourself to that next level, right? I mean, not just authors, but even as entrepreneurs. Um, And that's what I've been trying to do, just put like figure out what that next level is and push myself outside of that comfort zone and just keep pushing the needle forward. I know it doesn't always seem like it moves fast enough, but trust me, if you're consistent and you stay on it, it will. So that's pretty much my message to you guys out there, Um, especially writers. If you have a story that you want to share, maybe you don't have the right audience right away, or maybe you have to understand more about the marketing and and you really got to figure out why you're writing, you know, if you're writing for yourself or if you're writing for an audience um, and really do your homework. There's no right or wrong answer to it. Um, and it really just depends on what your ultimate outcome is, like what your ultimate goal is, Um What are you looking forward to accomplish by putting this book out? For me, putting this book out was more than just telling my story. I know that this is a very important topic and maybe this isn't the time that uh, it becomes that popular topic and maybe uh, it never will, but I figured there are so many women out there who are battered and men too who need to hear it and need to understand how the cycle begins and how to break it, how to overcome it, and how not to stay stuck in the past. Yes, it's unfortunate that these events happen. It's unfortunate that you had to live through this. It's unfortunate that Maybe it happened to you while you were young and and maybe your parents were your abusers. You know, I mean, there's so many stories. It's really sad at the end of the day. But if there's anything that I've learned through my experience, it's that life goes on and you have to make a choice. You can either choose to stay in the past and live through it and accept the same torture and and the same mentality from someone else or you can learn to fight for yourself and advocate for yourself and not tolerate that type of treatment because at the end of the day no one deserves it so i'll leave you guys on that positive note and i'll see you in the next time ciao That was a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening to, I mean, can we discuss? Don't forget to subscribe, follow us if you want to see what we're up to, what projects we're up to, and enjoy the rest of your day, night, wherever you might be. I was your host, Asher Ferguson, signing off.